Welcome to episode two of the WP and Op podcast. It's still early days, but we're so glad that you've joined us once more. You may be wondering what WP and Op is all about. Well, we're a charity working in the WordPress space, trying to support our community. Our help is freely available at wpandop.org, or you can call plus four four two zero three three. 221080. This support is available for all sorts of reasons. It might be that you'd like support with your business, your skills, or possibly with your mental or physical health. Whatever the reason might be, please reach out. Often, we don't like to admit to ourselves that we need support. We carry on and hope that things will just go away if we ignore them or just work harder. Admitting to ourselves that we'd like support is one thing, but admitting it to others can be another, greater challenge. One of the aims of this podcast is to bring you stories from the community, from people who have been through this process before. They've come to realise that speaking to somebody about what they're going through can help. These stories can be very personal, but they shine a light on subjects that are all too often left in the dark. Perhaps some of the areas that we cover this week are something that you can identify with. You might be facing the same set of events. Of course, it might not be you. It could be someone that you know. A friend, a relation, a colleague. The point is that by sharing these stories and shining a light on them, we make you aware that it's okay to open up about these things, and maybe even seek out some support from WP and Up. As of the recording of this podcast, we've provided 792 hours of mentorship. An amazing 3,302 hours have been donated by the many people who are now volunteering for WP and Up. So we're very serious about supporting the WordPress community, but we're just getting started. If you'd like to help WP and Up financially, then please visit wpandop.org forward slash give. If you would like to get involved with WPNOP, then please visit wpnop.org forward slash contact or look for the social links in the footer of the website. Today, you're going to hear from two people. First Phil and then Laura. Phil will be talking about his recent experiences with panic attacks how they are often caused by pressures from work and how they came to rule his life. So this is a trigger warning that we will be talking about anxiety and recovery. If you are impacted by this subject, you can skip this section, which is roughly nine minutes in length. When I spoke to Phil, I learned that he'd been experiencing panic attacks for about six months. And so I began by asking him how they had started yeah it's been a tough tough year it started i think in the summer around an agency and we're now seven people and that was the growth that's really happened in the last sort of year 18 months we're much smaller prior to that we started taking on bigger projects and there were issues with some of those projects over the summer yeah as things started to not go so well and all of the sort of finances all the numbers in business are getting bigger than i would like and would be used to i started to really struggle and yeah, I found myself in a place where um, 
it was it was tough. It was really it was really challenging. We we had a family holiday we meant to go on in August, and uh, I actually returned from that um, early just because I felt I couldn't be away from work. I needed to. Uh, the anxiety was starting to get so great that the only way to appease it was to actually be working. But at the same time, I wasn't really being very productive in work. It was mostly just sort of spinning my wheels, sort of fretting. And then it all came to a head in early September um, when I just out of nowhere just started having quite severe panic attacks. And for me, that was hyperventilating. Um, I, found, I would routinely find myself on my hands and knees, struggling to, to breathe and breathing very rapidly for about a minute before it calmed down. And sometimes after that, I would also then find that I would either be sick or be very close to being sick just from, I don't know, the adrenaline or something of, of, of it. Um, so, yeah, that was very, very, it was very tough. And once it happened a few times, it sort of almost opened the floodgates. And um, even just the smallest thing would start to trigger panic attacks. I would sort of get up and I'd try to keep going. And I sort of felt the way to solve this is just to work more, work harder. So I'd get up, I'd try and get in the car to, we, we've got an office um, sort of hybrids people can work from the office but sometimes they work from home um and i tried we tried to go to the office and just the thought of, of going to the office would so would send me sort of spiraling and i'd have another panic attack and it's sort of to the point where it was almost impossible for me to even do any work of any kind or even really do anything um so yeah not not a great time mm. uh, what is a panic attack in your in your description how, how does it manifest itself what what actually happened yeah, so the way um, what uh, my wife and I would call, we would just we would refer to it as spiraling. Um, and so what would happen was something minor, it was always generally minor, would happen. I'd get an email from one of the clients we were having difficulty with, where one of the projects was behind or there was something they were unhappy about. And the email didn't even need to actually be a problem. I would just see it coming in on my phone. I'd see who it was from and I'd start to worry this isn't going to go very well. This is going to lead to problems. Their site's going to be late. As a result, they're going to refuse to pay us. We're therefore not going to be able to pay our team. People are going to lose their jobs. The business is going to go under. I'm going to therefore not be able to pay for pay for my family to support my family. We're going to lose our house. Our children aren't going to be able to go to their school. And, and all of that would happen in about a one-minute period as a result of just seeing a subject line of an email. Okay. And by the end of this, I would then be, um, yeah, as I said, um, sort of on, on hands and knees on the floor wherever I was and hyperventilating, breathing very, very rapidly. And I didn't have the ability to do anything to change my the way I was thinking. It would just it would just happen and and yeah, yeah basically couldn't control that. Did you have to just let it run its course, um, come out the other side before you yes. were able to carry on? Yeah. And yeah. did it take um a minute, an hour? Was it variable? Yeah, it would generally it would take it would take about a minute, two minutes to to kind of get through that and come out the other side. Mm. Um, the problem was that some of what we were facing weren't trivial trivialities; they were real real issues. We were dealing with pro projects bigger than we'd ever dealt with before. I know for a lot of agencies they're still small projects, but for us the the size of the you know the size of the money was sort of talking tens of thousands of pounds now, whereas we used to be more in the thousands up to mm. sort of ten thousands. So mm. We're talking much bigger numbers um, for us at least and so when there was a real problem um, and I knew it was a real problem it would the panic attacks would be more like chains of panic attacks would happen throughout a day and it would be a whole day basically lost to yeah anxiety really. Mm. So setting aside the the solutions that you might have come up with to to make the agency work more efficiently just concentrating on what you did to help yourself 
did you did you know where to reach out to? Did you get help from a particular source? No, certainly at the beginning I didn't, and I think that's why it managed to get as severe as it did. Because although I feel I've got a good support network in my family, in my professional life there wasn't really anyone I knew that I could turn to, and it took me getting to the point where I couldn't do anything that I sort of took a leap of faith, I guess, and reached out to someone I didn't really know but I knew of, and I knew would have because they run a run a much bigger agency would have done some of this and they pointed me towards Dopey and up and yeah I guess the recovery started there really did you when you've been working with WP and up have you been using chat support or speaking to somebody yep no I was very fortunate that um yeah both of those so within a few days I was able to speak to somebody at Dopey and up and have a I think it ended up being almost like a two and a half hour Skype call where I was able to just talk about what I was uh, how I was feeling what I was dealing with it, I can't stress how important that was at the time. Um, it was to be able to just talk to somebody else who was in our industry, who had experienced a lot of the same problems. You know, everyone's had nightmare clients, things like that. Um, so to be able to speak to people that had experienced that and just listen and not not be judgmental um, and actually know that what I had had been through is a lot more common than I appreciated. I wasn't broken and things like that was really significant. And then from there, I've had yeah several calls sort of via Skype and then also being in the community sort of chatting with people there and being able to connect with other people that have had issues more like mine um, which have been really helpful. Would you say that you've moved forward with this that not necessarily that it's behind you but that you've you've reached a different place than you were a few months ago? Yeah yeah 100% there's still there's still bad days but nothing like nothing like sort of September October um, time and part of that has been down to the, the skills I've learned through Dopey and Up and the people I've spoken to there about things like mindfulness, something I've never really tried before, mm. but just respecting my brain a bit more and thinking about my own thoughts and trying to more deliberately have more positive thoughts and, you know, see how that goes. Allow my, the way I've started thinking about it is that um, my brain's like a computer and occasionally it's just getting too clogged up. And mm. so, I've, you know, mindfulness I quite like because it's just almost like it's like turning it on and off again and everything just runs a bit more smoothly. So that that I've I've been doing, which that's these are things that I wouldn't have I didn't know to look for. And it's been by talking to other people that have experienced it that has said that that and, and the other one for me has been has been exercise. I try to get out of the house basically every morning. And for me I try to run two or three times a week. If you're having a bad day, it's really hard to then go and go for a run. So I will force myself just to go out of the house and even just walk for five minutes around the block just to be like out. And that's helped a lot. If you've experienced any of the issues raised here, then you should know that WP and Up is here to help you. Perhaps you know someone who might need some help. We've got a mission to support and promote positive mental health within the WordPress community and beyond. WP and Up recognises that members of the WordPress community can potentially manifest mental health issues from a variety of pressures. The WP and Up Health Hubs are designed to provide holistic support for the individual. Let us help you. Visit wpandup.org or call plus four four two zero three three two two one zero eight zero. 
For WPNUP to carry out its work, we need your support. That could just be listening to this podcast or perhaps donating your time or money. Individual donations can be made at wpandup.org forward slash give. Sponsorship is also an option, and sponsoring WP and Up is a cool thing to do. You will be supporting this important work that we're undertaking, and you can also be featured on the podcast, like this. The Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. Green Geeks offers an awesome managed web hosting platform that's built for speed, security, and scalability, while being environmentally friendly. Enjoy a better web hosting experience for your WordPress website, backed by 24-7 expert support. We thank Green Geeks for their support of the Press Forward podcast. So right at the start of this podcast, I mentioned that we'd be hearing from Laura. Laura works in the UK for Pragmatic, a large and growing agency. Last year, Laura had to take some time off work. This ended up being longer than she'd anticipated. From Laura's point of view, this created anxiety about whether or not her employers would still view her in the same way when she returned. She began to think that perhaps they would no longer require her service. This is an understandable reaction. Her agency had not had to deal with someone who had taken time off on mental health grounds before. What unfolded was a journey in which both sides, Laura and Pragmatic, learned how to best support one another, to respect the situation as it was and work towards the common goal of getting Laura back at work which is where she wanted to be. So this is a trigger warning that we will be talking about anxiety and support. If you're impacted by this subject, you can skip this section, which is roughly 10 minutes in length. I began by asking Laura if she was nervous about her position within the agency and the process of returning to work. Yeah, so I had the exact same fear. I thought, oh no, they're going to fire me when I get back or not look at me, you know, the same way. And it wasn't like that at all. I, and they won't mind me saying this, I was the first of a person that pragmatic to be signed off with a mental health issue. So it's not something they had loads of experience with or were prepared for. But what they did do, which was fantastic, was say that. They were honest about it. And they took the time to have, uh, like before I came back to work, I had a couple of lunch meetings, super informal. Again, they were, they stressed very much. If I didn't feel up to it, I didn't have to attend. It wasn't, no means, by no means a compulsory thing, but they took the time to speak to me and try and understand what was going on and what they could do to make things better for me. And that in itself was just brilliant and yeah they were you know honest like you know what we don't know exactly what to do in this situation however we would love to we really want to help you and we want to ensure that anyone else who goes through this is aided in the same way so what what can we do and we 
talked about it together. I think that was key, just making sure that um, we're communicating on a regular basis. And again, that we were both being very honest with each other about what I needed, what they wanted from me, you know, meeting, you know, making sure we were aligned. It's quite a nice, I don't know if what I'm about to say is true, but from what you've said, it feels like what I'm about to say is true, that they did a sort of like lunch meeting. Did you do that outside of your work environment? Was it in a... No, outside of working environment. That was quite clever, either clever or a great accident, because I think <laughs> maybe going into your workplace and seeing all your colleagues and then having this chat, it would, would have felt very different. No, it was a deliberate, um, they said, you know, don't don't want you to come anywhere near the office and start thinking about work. You know, you're not working, but, you know, we'd love to check in and check you're okay and see what we can do to help. So, and I got, to, you know, I got to choose, so say where you want to go for lunch and we'll, <laughs> we'll take you out. By the end of that meeting, did you feel the anxiety that you had about returning to work had that had it assisted with that had it maybe not evaporated but become less should we say yeah it had because before that meeting even though there's nothing in how they said you know invited me to the meeting that said that they it was a meeting to see when I'd be back and you know checking up on what's actually happening or Mm. anything negative but naturally I was like oh no you know I'm worried I'm going to come out of this meeting feeling pressured to return to work and it wasn't the case at all first thing I think my manager said to me was after asking me like are you okay um was by the way this is no this is not to pressurize you into coming back work back to work at all if you need more time off than what's been initially signed off that's absolutely fine we just want to make sure that when you do come back when you're ready it's going to be a you know the right environment for you Mm. Presumably, whilst you were away, either your work became frozen in time or you somebody else took up the slack and tried to do uh, what, it, what it was that you, you had on the books. Do you know what happened during your absence? So I've got quite a unique role at Pragmatic. So uh, I'm, I'm the only person in the marketing team. Um, <laughs> my manager um, is the commercial director, so he obviously he has a huge influence in our marketing strategy and what we do, but he doesn't do the day-to-day stuff. So it was pretty much put on hold until I came back, um, bar a few odd time-sensitive tasks. Um, and when I came back, there wasn't an enormous pressure to catch up. Again, I think I was quite fortunate in that I work, I'm an internal resource for Pragmatic. Um, so I wasn't expected, you know, there's no clients waiting for me to deliver any work. However, I, if that had been the case, I, it's unlikely that I'd be on a team on my own and that would have been dealt with. Anyway, there's plenty of us here to pick stuff up. Did you figure out for yourself that you, you didn't have to make up for lost time? Because I'm sure, I'm sure that in a lot of, businesses and industries uh, each day that you're off equates to a day that you've somehow got to get back and work extra hard when you return and you've just said that it felt like um, that that those four weeks were it was okay you know you didn't have to suddenly make up for four weeks was that made explicit to you or did you just sort of figure that out for yourself because you work in a team of one 
no uh, it was made explicit to me <laughs> I think they knew I know what I'm like and <laughs> I think I probably mentioned I was like oh you know I think in that lunch meeting I was I said to my manager I was like oh you know don't worry I'll figure out a plan to catch up on everything and he was just like Laura will you stop it <laughs> you know? quite direct to me but it's all okay and broke it down in he was like it's just it's just some digital marketing for a digital agency the world the world isn't going to end if you don't do it wow that's so thoughtful really (laughs) thoughtful way of dealing with you that's amazing the environment that you work in presumably it's it's an office you know it's got walls and computers and desks and all of that kind of stuff has something since you've experienced all this as as the company kind of come up with a, a strategy, a, a policy for, for for you and other people should the same thing happen again? Has it been kind of like confirmed as a, this is what Pragmatic will, will endeavour to do? Yes, I worked quite closely with the um, sort of people operations team when I came back to talk about what I would find useful and therefore what other people might find useful. We already had a flexible working policy in place, but it wasn't it wasn't as explicit as it is now. So, for example, now, um, if you want to work from home or from a coffee shop, wherever you know you can you can work wherever you want to really, at you know whatever environment suits you. And same with the times that you come into work. It, I think it's just been better communicated that if you want to come in late it's not even late it's just you know we've got a i think if we can start any time between 8 a.m and 10 a.m even so those are like the sort of core hours until you know four and five in the um, afternoon but even then if that doesn't work for you they're totally open now to discussions around you know some people work better in the evenings and we can work in the evenings if we prefer we've also created um, a mental health working user group where we discuss different ideas um, on a monthly basis anyone can join um, and we talk about ways in which we can make the working environment uh, sort of a more mental health positive place things that we've implemented are and um, i used to find leaving on a Friday, if we're working right to the end of the day on a stressful project or something, and you go home, you've still got, you know, all that stress in your head, and come back in Monday morning, the last thing you remember is just having a really stressful time at work, and it, it doesn't it doesn't exactly make you feel enthused about coming back in on a Monday. So now we finish um, an hour earlier on a Friday, we all, we're all encouraged to get away from our desks, we stand up, we there's a few drinks if people want them, some snacks, and we just have a chat about whatever. It doesn't have to be work-related. Just to have that downtime so your end of working week isn't ever ending on a negative or a stressful point. It's It should be positive, you know, having a nice time with your co-workers. Yeah. D- these little meetings that you have and the sort of policies that you've written, are they shared internally or do you do you have ambitions or have you already kind of reached out to other similar organizations and sort of shared your your good experiences they're just internal at the moment but um, we have we absolutely do intend on publishing those so that other people can or other agencies can take a look and use some of our ideas and you know make it just make it more clear to anyone who's maybe even thinking about joining us that is you know 
good place. <laughs> it strikes me that some of the people that might end up listening to this podcast might be people who own an agency. You know, they've got, they're growing, they've only got a few staff and then, then something like this might come across their path and having access to that would be great. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's the sort of thing that WP and Opt try to publish and have a sort of central repository of all that stuff, but it would be, it would be really useful. Yeah, I'll speak to um, the people ops department. I'm sure they'll have no issues with sharing. I wonder if there's sort of like legislation. I mean, obviously, there's, you know, there's certain things that that have to be done. But it sounds to me like Pragmatic have been thoroughly amazing. You know, they've gone above and beyond what they had to. I mean, the idea of having a meeting in a cafe or something and then the your boss basically saying, look, just stop worrying about it. That's extraordinary. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm very, very fortunate. And um, unfortunately, in the past, I've had not so positive experiences with mental health work. It was, and I think that added a lot to my concern about returning to work after having this time off. When it had happened, it had, it wasn't my first time I've ever been signed off work. In a previous role, I'd been signed off not for as long, only a couple of weeks, but the CEO there used it as a piece of gossip. And told everyone I was crazy and mentally unhinged which was a really horrific thing to happen you don't think it happens it does it definitely added to my anxiety about what happened um in 2017 but pragmatic were yeah they were brilliant about it they continue to be really good if I if I'm ever feeling so anxious that I don't want to come into work they never question me about it and I've made sure that obviously not everyone has the same manager as me, but I've made sure that it's that is a key thing that for managers to recognise that you know what yeah, yes you want to help with all the you know you could be asking oh you know what is it that made you feel like that or um, like what can we do to stop that happening but though I know why you want to do that those are very you know you want to bring in some practical actions and find out what's going on but often when you're in that states it that can't be it sometimes can't be that helpful because then it automatically feels like oh no they you know this is a bad thing and there's this pressure for me to for it to not happen again and me to be okay and all of this and you know it's it's it's, it's a really tricky one um i'm probably not making it sound very easy for managers but all you really have to do is listen like that's it and just flip it totally not from what you need or the company needs focus it on that individual and from a commercial perspective you know if you well you do need to consider that if you own an agency you're going to get far more out of your employees if you treat them with that respect so uh, my last in my last role where that happened as soon as I found out that happened I was like you know what I'm I'm not even but I'm not I'm not gonna bother is there anything um on a sort of like practical level within the office let's say for example you during the course of a, a particular day you you feel that something's happening I'm I'm about to undergo something do you have like a, a place where you can go or is it just a question of I'm just going to go home and everybody's okay with that um, both so you can just go home it's fine sometimes they do that um our office is uh 
it's split across two levels and there's quite a lot of space and there are lots of quiet spaces so the um i'm actually currently sat in a room now which is soundproofed to an extent um can is tucked away slightly so if i did feel i needed to get some space away from everyone i can go in here equally though you know i'm in brighton the beach is just down the road i often just be like oh, i'll be back in about half an hour i'm just going to go get have a little bit of a walk and some fresh air and do you do that i know for me that um i always say that i, I say that i do that more than i do that yeah i'm i'm not i know that everyone exercise is brilliant for mental health i, I know that the thought of going to a gym or doing any sort of exercise like i know going running or something fills me with anxiety it always has the opposite effect going getting some fresh air and some like just having a little walk is kind of an easy way of achieving that i think and i, I probably am the same i probably say i do it a lot more than i actually do end up doing it is there anything else you want to add about your experiences or your the way that work has changed i think i probably from what i've said and i've i've made i've potentially made it out to be quite easy like an easy process and it absolutely wasn't an easy process and these things are very difficult um especially the opening up you know stuff it's taken me a long time to get to the point where i'm comfortable telling people you know what what's are you okay no i'm i'm not I'm feeling very anxious today to get to that is something i don't know like seven years ago i couldn't i wouldn't even dream even less than that you know probably three years ago i wouldn't have said you know i wouldn't have said that but so i'd break it break it down into chunks and especially when it comes to talking about it confide in you know don't just, i wouldn't recommend going out on the street and screaming it's not like it's not going to help you just confide in a couple of people to begin with and ease yourself into it because it is scary and it it isn't an easy thing to do but when you do start doing it and even from the first time you'll you know realize how like how much better you feel if you've experienced any of the issues raised here then you should know that wp and up is here to help you Visit wpandop.org or call plus four four two zero three three two two one zero eight zero. The Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. Green Geeks offers a specially engineered platform that offers WordPress users web hosting that is designed for the fastest, most secure and scalable hosting available in multiple data centers. Their WordPress hosting makes deploying and managing WordPress websites easy with automatic one-click installs, managed updates, real-time security protection, SSD RAID 10 storage arrays, power cacher and expert 24-7 support to make for the best web hosting experience. And we thank Green Geeks for their support of the Press Forward podcast. Right, that's it for this week. Remember that there's help available for you or people that you know over at WP and Up.
www.ghostsofthecoast.org. Please spread the word about this podcast, tell your friends and subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast player. So until next time, hashtag press forward.